Fight fans, welcome to another edition of Combat Planet. I'm Sergio Martinez, and of course, I am joined by La Leyenda, Mr. Mike Michael. Mike, how are you doing today? I'm fantastic, Serge. Everything's great. Very, very good. Raring to go. Let's get this show on the road. Yes, sir. It was full, full boxing yesterday. I mean, Mike, you know me. I sent you a picture. You laughed, and uh, I, I even posted it on our social media, Combat Planet, on uh, Twitter. You know, two screens going at once because I could not miss any of the action. I spent about 12 and a half hours yesterday just uh, checking out boxing, Mike, you know, because that's just the level of degenerate that I am. So, <laughs> spent uh, $80 on that pay-per-view, which we're going to jump into a little bit, and then saw all the early fights, you know, DAZN, ESPN+, Plus, you name it. If there's another app out there, I'll surely, you know, subscribe to it at some point and buy it because... That's just what runs in my blood, Mike, and that's what makes me tick, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, so, um, I, I, I thought I was bad, but I think you uh, you beaten me by a nose here, okay, right? So, uh, uh, you, when you're a junkie, you're a junkie. You can't you can't do nothing about it. And boxing is the worst kind of junkie you can get. You know what I mean? No, that is true, Mike. So as as uh, the boxing world turns, let's go ahead and get right into it because we got a lot to cover. Some great, great fights yesterday, Mike. Uh, we're going to go ahead and kick it off here. I'm going to mention this bout real quick, Mike, because I think it was significant. Um, and it's uh, the World Boxing uh, Super Series. So, British Decision Dor Dorticos there for, um, that's going to be the cruiserweight title. British, good guy, Mike, great performance. Dorticos was legit guy. And if you remember here, uh, British went, uh, you know, tooth and nail with Usyk. Uh, not too long ago some people felt that he won that fight you know and yesterday i think he proved his medal he's the top cruiserweight so uh real quick uh if you can just let me know what do you think about breedis and and what do you see for him in his future uh breedis has always been a legit guy um uh it, w it was a life and life and death match with Usyk. um he's a top cruiser no question about it okay so um i think he's he's going to continue he's one of these guys that keeps fighting he doesn't he doesn't take a backward step i don't mean that literally in his style or whatever else i mean in his mind in his mindset i think this guy will be around for as long as he can fight i think that's the nature of the beast yeah he looked good mike yesterday good power good skills really really took control there and Dorticos is not he's not a bad fighter at all good pop himself good skills but it was good to see British pick up the win. He's now in basically considered the top cruiser. We'll see if he moves uh, up to heavy. You know, I don't know how much, what else he can get done at cruiser at this point. But, you know, wish him well. Good fire there. So, um, I, 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 think you, I think he may dip his toe a little bit in the heavyweight division. But realistically speaking, Serge, he's a cruiser. And he's a top guy there. And I think he'll keep going as long as he, as long as he can. You know, the, the opposition yesterday was competent, but, you know, he just came through as Breedis does. I mean, he's relentless, isn't he? You know, so, uh, uh, you know, props to Breedis, and uh, good for him, man. He's back He's back on top again. That's great. You know what I mean? Yeah? Definitely, Mike. And now here, moving on, uh, the early matches, if you will, we'll talk about um, the WBA IBF champ here, Taylor, right? Josh Taylor, he pretty much took out um, Kung Sung. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong and i apologize off the bat but you know i'm pretty sure that i'm close if nothing else mike but it was one of the most brutal body shots i've seen in a long time um uh, josh 
Taylor seemed to just catch, you know, Kungsung right in the liver, that dead shot there, and he went down like somebody shot him, Mike, like, you know, a sack of potatoes. Um, and he went down, went down fast, and never recovered, Mike. So tell me what you think about Taylor and that fight expected. Was this expected, or, or is it something that caught you a little by surprise? I was expecting, a, you know, um, a tough fight from Kungsung, and it looked like it was going to go like that in the first minute a minute and a half because the guy was countering pretty pretty good I I, I I I saw him catch Taylor with a couple of shots so I thought it looks like it's going to be a hard night but you know Taylor just stepped underneath caught him with that brutal short shot under the rib cage it, it was it was a perfect shot I mean I don't think anybody could have got up from that you know what I mean Serge you know we, and we don't, let's, let's face it Serge the past month We've seen some very, very big punches land and and do damage. You know what I mean? And that was just another another damaging blow, wasn't it, Serge? The guy, I mean, did you, you you saw the guy? I mean, the guy was like screaming in pain, wincing in pain after. So I think Josh Taylor now that was another boost to his confidence. Um, I personally, and I, I shouldn't say this, I'm going to probably get chastised for it. Okay. I'm not really a big Josh Taylor lover, to tell you the truth, okay, right? I think he's a hard, gritty, Scottish guy that um, will always come forward, always get in, in a big fight, okay? Um, I, I think in 16 fights, he's done amazing to do what he's done. But I feel that at some stage, this guy, by in a not-too-distant future, he may get burned out. That's I've seen it so many times, if that... if, if if you if you see the style of the fighter, Serge, I don't think he can get past himself sometimes because he, cause he's got good boxing skills, but he likes to mix it up, doesn't he? You know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. Now, Mike, he's in. He's a 140-pound fighter. Um, do you now? He's he's age 29, so he's entering his prime, um, if you will, physically, right? Um, and is he the top guy at at 140 at this point? Well, yeah, you have to consider him the top guy because, you know, he's cleaning up the division, really, isn't he? And uh, he, every every outing, he's he's getting better. Okay, but the um, the the progress fight that he had, I think that that fight took a lot out of him, Serge. Okay, and and he's the type of guy that's going to give us those types of thrilling fights if he has the the adequate opposition. Okay, and. I think, like I said, you know, earlier, I think it's going to catch up with him, you know. But um, yeah. you've got to consider him the top guy at the moment because of what he's doing, you know. So, you know, um, I wish him the best of luck. Yeah, and and uh, Regis Progress can fight, Mike. You and I have talked yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that that was a good win, a very good win for Taylor, you know. Now, of course... What they're looking at now is a unification match between Josh Taylor and Jose Carlos Ramirez. Ramirez, another competent guy, had a tough outing in his last match. Um, I think he, he was one of these guys that was a good amateur, Mike, good experience. Um, when he started his professional career, people were not super high on him, and he really seemed to turn a corner the past three or four fights. Um, he... He went ahead and went to um, the Garcias, you know, to training with him and everything. And he looked good until his last outing here a couple of weeks ago. But he still is a very competent, very strong fighter, Ramirez is. So um, 
I see that fight getting made between Taylor and Ramirez for all the marbles as it is at 140. And what do you think about that matchup, Mike? Yeah, I think I think Taylor not being biased, but I think Taylor beats Ramirez. I think that because uh, Taylor is a big 140 pound guy, I think he'll 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 move up in weight. You know, due to the status that he would have uh, achieved. And you know, walk straight into another world title fight at 147. You know, so I I've got to go for Taylor on that. I think Taylor at the moment is showing the the better development and progress in the way of confidence levels, uh, skill levels. Okay, but the, like I said, he just worries me because he likes to mix it up, Serge. He he really does. Even with this in the minute and a half that you saw before he took this guy out. He was pressing forward, okay, right, and mixing it up, you know what I mean? So, and the progress fight was a classic example of, like, two and throw, two and throw. And to, um, to progress's credit, okay, um, I think that that fight took more out of Taylor than what he did out of progress. You know, I think progress is one of these guys that he, he can go into a hard fight and he just go into another hard fight, another hard fight, and he still, he still carries on what he does that, that's a kind of uh, uh, body body uh, strength and and uh, a durability that he has but I think that you're going to see that when Taylor moves up because I believe he's going to move up okay you're going to see a different Taylor there okay I think it's going to be it's going to get hit a little bit harder more and I think it's going to be it's going to have a rough ride at the at the higher weight because I don't think he's going to be able to hold on to the 140 pounds. I think he's too big, sir. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, Mike. And you know, if you if you kind of look around the the 47, that that's a that's a very deep division. Yeah. I mean, yeah. first off, you got Errol Spence, Terence Crawford, Manny Pacquiao, Sean Porter. You know, Danny Garcia. Keith Thurman, Ugas, Mikey Garcia, Jesus Christ, you know, Sergey Lipendence, and and Virgil Ortiz, you know, those are around the 10. I mean, you know, Josh Taylor, I would love to see him against Virgil Ortiz. I've told you, I showed you that that kid, Mike, great prospect for Golden Boy. Um, He's 15 and 0 with 15 KOs. He's got some amateur pedigree. I think that's a great fight for both of them. If if Taylor were to move up, that would be a great fight for Ortiz to, to test his medal too because Taylor is an accomplished guy. He's a tough guy. I don't see him being, beating any of the other guys on the list that I mentioned, but I think that... Um, Ortiz would that would be great for both guys, you know, as a as a fight at forty seven. Yeah, uh, talking to you as a manager, okay, you know, I I agree with you. It would be a good fight for Ortiz, but not really for, ta- for Taylor, okay, right? So I, I I I would move him directly due to him being undisputed. He'd probably end up being able to get a direct shot, you know. So that's what I would gun for, you know, straight away because we know that. You know, if he if he hits the jackpot at 147, he catches the right guy at the right time, due to his you know his grit and his toughness. Taylor may win, but it's un- it's highly unlikely, isn't it? You know what I mean? So, you know, he, he'll go. Uh, you've got to put him straight into a title shot, not against a, a young a young gun like Ortiz, because Ortiz probably beat him. You know what I mean, sir? You know? Yeah, no, you're right. If you, I guess almost like a cash out fight not that you know josh taylor is at the cash out he's 29 he's got 17 fights but as you said mike he 
he doesn't seem like a guy that's going to have longevity just because of the way that he fights, you know. So yeah, um, I can see a burnout taking place at some stage. You know, you can't keep going the distance, you know, in those kind of fights too many times, Serge. You know, you you got about three, four fights in your career that are defining like that. I think the Progress fight was quite a defining fight because Progress was. Uh, pretty much underrated in there but progress i tell you man that's a hell of a fighter i'm telling you i like that yes i think he's a great fighter i like him you know no yeah yeah it's a great fight great fighter mike um it was a big win for taylor definitely yeah 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 Yeah, and you are right he is very big for 140 pounds so 47 totally makes sense for him it's just there's a lot of you know sharks in the water you know at 47 so We'll, we'll see how that goes. You know, Mike, what would probably be a great fight, just one more thing on that for 47, um, for, for uh, Taylor, um, is Sean Porter. Because Sean Porter doesn't have, he's got good punching power, but not great punching power, and he's there to be hit. Very exciting. So I think that that would be a great fight also for him. But he has a manager. You. I agree with yeah. you, Serge. Sorry for cutting you, but I agree with you. But... Because of Porter's style, okay, he's going to have to make Paul, uh, Taylor fight, and that would be a slugfest, you know, similar to or even worse than what the progress fight was, okay, but worse for Taylor because, let's face it, Serge, you know, Sean Porter's a strong 147 guy, you know, I mean, you can hit that guy with a kitchen sink, and unfortunately for, for Taylor, Taylor doesn't have the power of the kitchen sink, does he, Serge? You know what I mean? At that way. <laughs> so, you know. That's, that's true. Very true. You know. Yeah. The power of the kitchen sink, man. That's yeah. that's that's the one we're going to stick to now. Yeah. So, well, Mike, we'll see, you know, we'll see how it goes for Josh Taylor. He's definitely got several fights there. He can make some, some big money. Sure. Um, and he, he can also claim already supremacy at 140. We'll see if he hooks up with Ramirez. I'm assuming he's going to do that fight to get, you know, another payday before he moves up. So I, I think okay. so. I, I think so. I, and then we've got to see as well the other thing, okay, that we haven't seen, just on a very last note on that, is that he switched his trainers uh, from Ben Davison, okay, to Ben Davison from uh, uh, Sean McGuigan, and we haven't really seen the improvement, or if he if he's improved, or if he's uh, uh, stayed the same, or whatever, okay, because we didn't really see anything in that fight, because he took the guy out so quick, you know, so, I mean, you know, I, I, I quite like Sean McGuigan, to tell you the truth, I think he's a competent guy, you know, and he, he's, the guys that he does train, they do coming in, in peak optimum put, uh, condition and he does like to teach them uh, some boxing skills. Ben Davison who outside of uh, no, uh, uh, outside of Tyson Fury prior to that he was, he was relatively unknown to be very frank with you uh, uh, Sergio so I'm not saying that Ben Davison is a bad trainer but I think he needs to show what he can really do in developing a fighter. Not just stepping into somebody else's um, fighter's um, uh, environment, okay, and then take a guy over, okay. So um, I don't know what happened there with uh, the McGuigans and, uh, and Taylor and how um, Ben Davison ended up uh, being the uh, head trainer there, but um, I don't know. I don't know. We, we've got to see. We've got, we, I'm still, like, putting a question mark on that in a tough fight, you know what I mean, you know? 
No, absolutely, Mike. And uh, as as a once as a once wise man once told me, right? Uh, it is what it is. <laughs> so, so yeah, we'll see how that goes. It's just there. There seems to be a lot of that going on, Mike. Every time a fighter gets up there, all of a sudden they change their trainer. You know, it it doesn't make sense to me, but it's whatever. You know, if it works for them, it works for them. So. Now, moving on here, Mike, to the big card, if you will, big pay-per-view for the weekend. We had the Charlo Brothers doubleheader. We talked extensively about it uh, last week uh, prep in preparation for fight week and the actual fights. Well, last night the fight went off. Uh, the fights, I'm sorry, went off. Uh, very, very good card in my opinion overall, Mike. Um, it was very well staged. It went quick early on but then you know it got a little late fast you know so uh overall it was about six and a half hours which for me no problem at all but i understand the people that maybe are not used to that you know stamina um not very easy but in the end uh both charlos ended up winning their matches in sensational fashion um uh, very strong we're going to start off with the early card first mike um Jamal Charlo <coughs> headlined that first card against Dervinchenko. <coughs> he won unanimous decision. Uh, so 116, 112, 117, 111, 118, 110 <coughs> were the scores that were handed down for that. And Mike, let me tell you, um, uh, Charlo Jamal, you know, uh, or as he likes to be called, Maul, whatever, um, he looked great, Mike. Um, very, very, very stiff, powerful jab out there. Um, fought many times at a distance. Took advantage of his height, of his reach. Um, I don't even know how that guy makes 160. Looks humongous. And I feel bad for Sergei Dervinchenko because he did have his moments, Mike. There was a couple of uh, times in the fight there towards the middle rounds that he hurt Maul to the body. Um... And he had also his moments where he landed some great combinations and had uh, Jamal fighting on his back foot. But credit to Jamal Charlo. He was able to steady himself, listen to his corner, the great Ronnie Shields, a very competent trainer himself, um, listened to his corner, steadied the ship, kept uh, a Dervinchenko at bay, heard him several times throughout the fight. And in the end, earned a very, very hard-fought unanimous decision. So I want to get your take, Mike, on what you think of this fight. You know, uh, what did you think of Jamal Charlo? And then we'll talk a little bit more about uh, Deverinchenko and where does he go from here. Um, Charlo, I think he's now coming into himself. And I think that this is exactly what he needed, the Demachenko fight, to allow him to actually use the skills that he possesses and not keep blowing guys out, okay? Because let's face it, I mean, his prior fights, he could have lost, okay? But the likelihood of him losing wasn't evident, was it, Sergio? But this guy was a tough, seasoned, you know, former amateur champion. Uh, he'd had two previous title, title shots, okay? where he's known for his durability and you know that if you sleep on this guy this guy's going to be all over you he's going to swarm all over you like a, you know, and take you out okay and Charlo got his jab which I believe is the best weapon for any boxer to use 
And as you said, Sergio, it was like a piece of 4 by 2 hitting Demachenko in the face. That jab did a lot of damage, Serge. Did a lot of damage to Demachenko. But the, the thing that we have to take into consideration with Moll is that Moll, okay, because he's used to, you know, overpowering his opponents uh, completely and disarming them, he he couldn't he, he got hurt to the body a few times, Sergio. Got so hurt to the body, and that is what big punchers suffer from a lack of durability in certain areas. So I think that he gained tremendous experience, and I think he learned a lot from that fight. And I think he's going to improve now. And I definitely agree with you. How the hell does that kid make 160? is a mystery, okay, right, so it's evident that he will definitely move up to 168 and try to capture another world title there, okay, but um, I thought it was a, a hard-fought fight, but a well-deserved points win, if that makes the sense that we, Absolutely. what we saw last night, you know, we're very well-deserved because he had to work and he deserved that win in what he uh, produced on the evening, yeah? No, absolutely, Mike. It was it was a very well deserved win, Mike. Um, and you know, real quick, Jervinchenko. I had mentioned to you this earlier uh, when we were talking off off the pod. I feel bad for that guy because he's small for middleweight, but he's one of these guys where even when he when you they show him making weight. He looks so lean that probably moving them down to 54, I don't know how safe or realistic that is for his body type. He's one of these guys that's an in-between guy. You know, he's fought, you know, um, three of the, you know, top top 160 guys, um, and he's come up short all three. Many felt that he beat Golovkin. Um you know, so uh, maybe, you know, that was his one real chance at getting that, if you will. Unfortunately, it didn't go his way, you know. Uh, but now with Charlo, you know, gave a great account of himself. He's got an iron chin. He's a combination guy. He's got some power, good technician. He gets hit a lot, but he's also very, very doable. So, unfortunately for him, Mike, if you're his like if you're in his corner, you're advising him. What do you do with a guy like Derevchenko that, like I said, seems to? I don't know, man. Maybe 160 is his weight, but it's not. If that makes any sense. Well, you can't drop him down, Sergio, because obviously the danger for his health it would it would just would not be a wise move. So you you make him stronger at 160. Okay, you make him stronger. We know we we know now that it's probably unlikely that he'll win a world title. Okay, so he's just a competent top ten contender that give anybody a good fight on a, on on his night. Okay, so he'll probably have a few more wins. They bring him back again. He may even get another crack at the title if they make him mandatory or something like that. Or or if uh, if he gets another voluntary, you know. But if that was me, I would I would get the uh, uh, the uh, a strength and condition coach. To really straight make this guy strong, stronger than what he is, okay, more durable, because that's what he, that's what the, his fighting style is. So, if we, if he has problems, make him wait to get to 154, but he's not quite a 160 pound guy. Then you've got to turn him into a 160 pound guy, okay, because you can't take him down to 154, because this guy, he just won't make it there. But you know, 
in all in all honesty, and no disrespect to the Demachenko, I think he's world t- he's, he's he's not he's not going to be a world champion, Sergio. It's evident, you know. What I mean, with the, with the guys that are coming through, you know what I mean, you know. Yeah, I'll tell you what fight I would love to see him, Mike, real quick, uh, is I would love to see him against Jaime Munguia. Munguia is now campaigning at 160. You know, I think that that's a great fight for both of them. I think it's a very winnable fight for Derevchenko, and I think he, he gets to pick up, uh, you know, uh, some, some cash there, Mike, and then, again, start rebuilding himself. Him and Chris Eubank Jr., I think those are two very good fights for him. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm in agreement. I'm in agreement. You know, I mean, those are great fights for him. Uh, but uh, on the other side of it, you know, where do you where do you really go with him? Okay, because there's three world title fights. You've got to you've got to time it right and see who is the champion at the time and see if this guy has the capability of of capturing the title at the right time at the right place. That's what this fighter is to me, Sergio. You know what I mean? Apart from that, then he's just got to have, you know, thrilling fights. You know, that, that's about it. You know what I mean? Mike, you know, he reminds me of the Yaki Diaz. You remember Yaki yeah, Diaz yeah, by, yeah, yeah. back then? Absolutely. Yeah, that's who. He, yeah, that's who he reminds me of. He's just a guy. Yaki Diaz could really fight. He had some pop and everything, but he just ran into guys like Matthew Saad Muhammad, you know, and it was just one of those things where. He had four, I think it was three or four attempts at the at a world title and never became a champion. You know, it's unfortunate yeah, yeah. and it's I unfortunate. think Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunate. Yeah. So we'll see we'll see we'll, we wish uh Derenchenko luck. We'll see what, what his career brings. But let's go back to Charlo Mike now. Obviously, uh this fight cements him now as a definitely a top guy at one sixty. Big paydays, I'm sure he's thirty years old, Mike, so he is in his prime. It's time to, to move up as far as uh, a competition goes and to stay at the high level. So I'll throw two names at you, Mike, and I want your, your uh, you know, how, how would you attack these guys in the sense of if you're managing, who would you go after first? I, I know who you're going to say, but still. And um, how would you work this? So Saul Alvarez, Canelo, right, and Gennady Golovkin, the two top guys. Now, of course, will those fights ever happen? We don't know, but we're talking... If this is where you as a manager are taking, who would you go after first? And how do you see those fights playing out? Um, to be very honest with you, I would try to get the Canelo fight, which would be extremely difficult. I think that's, that's a, 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 great, a great fight that everybody would want to see after Charlo's performance yesterday. But I think it would be... Uh, not an easy fight to make, okay? I think that Charlo knocks out Golovkin. I think I think that Golovkin is tailor-made for him. You know, and... Well, and Mike... What, look, looking at that jab, Sergio, that, that, that Charlo was, was, you know, pumping into Demonchenko last night, okay? I don't think, I don't think that Golovkin's got an answer for that, you know? I really don't with the kid's strength that he has. Alvarez, yeah, Mike. Alvarez, sorry, Alvarez, that's another story in itself, you know what I mean? You know? Yeah, and here's the thing, I guess from a management perspective, would it make sense to go after Golovkin first to pick up a big payday in a fight that you really would feel that he would win and then go after Alvarez, or is just is the Alvarez fight just such a big carrot, so so much money that that's, as a manager you would have to go after that one first? 
Well, you'd have to go after the Alvarez fight because of, you know, the the amount of money that's on the table. But, you know, um, I think that uh, that would be so difficult to make. Not because Saul Alvarez wouldn't want to fight Charlo, but I think because of the the camps that are involved that, you know, wouldn't want to put him at that kind of risk, okay? Whereas with Golovkin, let's face it, Sergio, where is Golovkin really going, you know, at this moment in time? In my yeah. opinion, in my opinion, it's kind of like being a little bit forgotten in that at 160 pounds. Okay, so even Golovkin needs to come back and cement his status as as one of the top guys that are, that are around and try, you know, and, and grab a belt or something and go after uh, and go after um, uh, Alvarez again, right? Okay, but I think that that that's a perfect fight for Charlo. Let's let, let's let's leave Alvarez to one side, okay? I okay. don't I don't believe that Golovkin, at the age that he's at, can maintain the pressure on a thirty-year-old guy that is in his prime, has pop, okay, and has a great jab that we saw last night. Because let me tell you, Serge, that jab tells tells you a lot about a fighter, okay? He went back. They they took Charlo back to basics, and they put that yep. ra- that ramrod jab in there. Okay, right, and that you're going to see that being used in his arsenal all the time now. Okay, because he's mastered it. He likes it. He was he was using it. It it got him out of trouble. It broke Demachenko down. Okay, and it would and that was exactly what's going to happen with Golovkin. Okay, exactly the same thing. But I think that he would he would knock Golovkin out. I think you would knock him out. Yeah? Yeah. You know, Mike, and, and uh, Maul is trained by Ronnie Shields, as I mentioned earlier. Yeah. And there's, there's Shields is one of those guys that when you talk about top trainers, and I don't mean you, I mean people in general, when people talk about top boxing trainers, his name doesn't automatically come up, but he's had some real good world champions, Mike. He's trained some some guys, uh and, you know, he's got Lara, you know, uh, Juan Diaz, you know, the Charles. He had both Charles at one point. Um, you know, he's Mike Tyson at one point trained with him. As, I mean, I'm sorry, not Mike Tyson. Evander Holyfield trained with him. You know, he's one of these guys that he, he's a very competent guy, but flies very much under the radar, you know, Ronnie Shields. Yeah, Ronnie, R- Ronnie's a very competent trainer, Serge. You're absolutely correct. He's uh, paid his dues. Uh, he's been in the fight game. He's 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 worked with all the top trainers uh, of yesteryear, the Fuchs, the Dundees, and all these guys. Okay, he he's been there. He's been there for a very very long time. Okay, very competent guy. Okay, um, doesn't like too much of the limelight. Okay, no, he's not like a a star, a star appeal trainer. Okay, right. He just goes to the gym takes his fighters, does the old school stuff that he does, okay? And you saw last night, the 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 improvement in Charlo was amazing, wasn't it? I was I was quite impressed with Charlo, Sergio. I really was with Mole, you know. That jab, man, that, I can't get that jab out of my out of my mind, you know. It was like a ramrod jab. I haven't seen a jab like that come out for quite some time, you know, in a fight. You know what I mean, Sergio? Really, really impressed with that jab. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Mike, and, and, and Maul really showed his entire arsenal yesterday. Yeah. Good hand speed, Mike. 
you know, good one-twos, combination punch into the body, and then that jab. So he's going to be tough to beat, man. 160, yeah. 168. Yeah, 160, 168 was definitely put on notice yesterday because yeah. I think he's big enough, you know, for 68. You, you, so. you, did, you didn't see any of the Mayweather shoulder rolling and everything. You just saw a guy that was trained for a fight, using his, his style to the best of his, of his ability, the strength, the punching power. That's how a fighter should come to the, come to the ring. Not trying to emulate someone else, sir. Do you know what I mean? No? No, yeah, absolutely, Mike. They had a game plan, and, and uh, Jamal executed it perfectly yesterday. Yeah, yeah, so, good impressive. win for him, definitely. Yeah, very impressive. Very, very impressed with that. Very impressed, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and just real quick, I'll mention the fights that preceded his, because he was one of the main events, but of the early card. So, uh, John Casimero at 118, he took out Duke Micah. Uh, third round TKO, Casim Casimero is a, uh, he's a Filipino countryman, fellow countryman of Manny Pacquiao, Mike, uh, that guy is crazy, Mike, let me tell you, he threw uppercuts, Mike, I'm not even joking, it was like from like the video game, like Street Fighter, I don't know if you remember that video game, yeah, I do, but yeah. the guy actually, yeah, okay, the guy actually came off the canvas, throwing uppercuts, I'm not even joking, like, keep it, you know, and then afterwards, he puts on a freaking mask and some sunglasses, and he flashed some English during his post-fight interview, I think he's like a three-way champion, um, very exciting, very vulnerable, Micah gave a good account of himself, Duke Micah, uh, it was action-packed throughout the three rounds, both guys were just slugging, there was no, forget about a feel-out round, there wasn't even a feel-out minute, you know, these guys went at it from the from the opening bell. Good win for Casimero, uh, 118. You know, it, these little guys, Mike, you know how it is. They always give great fights. They should keep putting them on these undercards. So good win for him. And also, I'm sorry, Mike, go ahead. Yeah, I, I saw Casimero before, okay, and um, he's, he always uh, comes to bring a good fight. Always, okay. So you're never going to see that guy, you know, in a fight that's, you know, that's going to stink the place out. So you know, I mean, the guy comes to fight, and that's it. You know what I mean? So, so it's not surprising that he did what he did last night. You know, he's a character. The guy, the guy's a character. You know. But look, Mike, it goes back to what we've talked about. You know, because as boxing fans, you're conditioned. Well, if you lose, you're out. But look, like great example, Duke Micah yesterday. He he. Put it all on the line. He came out. You knew he was the B-side. There's no question about that. You knew that he he had to have taken another approach, you know. Um, but he came out. He put it. I want to see Duke Micah again also. You know, th yeah. th it was a very entertaining fight. You know, fights like this, this is what boxing needs. Guys that are just going to come bring it and put it on the line. So, good opening bout to a, to a pay-per-view. I agree. I agree, Sergio. I agree wholeheartedly. And then, and then Brandon Figueroa uh, came back here um, last night. One twenty-two pounder. You remember Brandon Figueroa? Yes. He's been around. Uh, still, still very young. Uh, power punching guy, just like his brother. He faced Damian Vasquez. Now Vasquez comes from a fighting family. His uncle is the former amazing, you know, Israel Magnifico Vasquez. You remember that guy? Oh my God! You know. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is this is his nephew. Now, Damien, unfortunately, but I mean, who who 
who's as good as Vasquez? Not too many, you know. There's very few fighters in the history that were as good as as Magnifico uh, Vasquez. You, you right? put that right, Sergio. I mean, that's that's, <laughs> that's 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 a tall order. That one. That's a tall order. Yeah, Mike. And the reason that I'm bringing this up because okay, so so Vasquez uh, got stopped in the tenth round. It was a TKO. Now, Mike, he gave a good account of himself early, but you could tell by like round four or five. Figueroa started, you know, uh, imposing his size because Figueroa, naturally bigger guy, um, started imposing in size, walking him down, beating him to the body, to the head. And Vasquez was game the whole time, was firing back and everything. But look, Mike, by the seventh round, Vasquez was grotesque, grotesquely swollen. He was taking a brutal beating. Okay? And... He got hurt several times. He got wobbled. He looked like just he was being trashed. But neither the referee nor the corner ever stepped in. They kept sending him out. You know, so my question to you, here we go back to as a, you as a former trainer, and even as a manager, you got a young kid who's showing some skills. I think Vas- Vasquez is like 20, 22. Something. He's a very young kid, just like Figueroa. He's got a future got an exciting style Mike I mean at what point are you responsible as a corner as a manager to say hey you know what my guy cannot win this fight because Vasquez is not like a big-time puncher he never really hurt Figueroa so by the seventh round this fight was over but it went three more rounds so from your perspective from a trainer's perspective and manager's perspective Mike um, at what point does it become your responsibility to make sure that your fighter doesn't not only get hurt, but his career could have been... Le- the type of beating he took yesterday, Mike, is the type that sometimes you don't recover from. Well, I find that completely unprofessional. And you have to know when your fighter's had enough or saved the fighter from himself, okay, right? So it was apparent that the corner was inept in making this kind of decision, okay? So uh, they've got a young fighter who, who has reasonable skills that potentially could, you know, break whatever he's going to break into the world scene. And what have they done? They basically psychologically destroyed the guy and he may never recover again from that beating that he took, okay? So, you know, I, I, I am so lividly angry when I see these things uh, Sergio, due to the fact that you know these guys have no right to be in that kind of in in a corner because you can't judge a corner. Excuse me, you can't run a corner on your emotions. You have to run a corner on your professionalism and your experience. Okay, and you have to know when you're gonna stop a fight or or allow a fight to continue. And it was evident that these guys, okay, didn't know that. And that includes the goddamn referee as well, sir. Do you know what I mean? You know, because... Yep, absolutely. Because he should have stepped in, and he never, okay? So, you know, what are these guys doing? You know, having a drink and, you know, planning on how to get their fighters destroyed? You know what I'm saying? So, you know, at the end of the day, um, I, I I find that one of the... Um, most um, undesirable situations that I find in boxing, and there's a lot of undesirable situations, but when you allow your fighter to really get worked over like that, I think that's that, that's wrong. 
that is absolutely wrong and it needs to stop Sergio it needs to stop whereas let's say for example if you see if you see the fighter getting in that kind of trouble there should be an intervention by the commission or something like that okay right that that um, that can save the fighter Sergio because the corner obviously okay they're, try, they're trying to they do one more round. I know what they get. One more round. Oh, let's give one more round. Uh, if you go out, you're not fighting the next round, I'm going to stop it. Then it goes another two rounds. Then it goes another three rounds. You know, you know I mean, these, you know, what do they think they have? Arturo Gatti or Mickey Ward? I mean, those guys were, you know, a one-off. I mean, is there ever going to be another Arturo Gatti or Mickey Ward? I don't think so, sir. Do you know what I mean? You know? Yeah. Hey, Mike, and, and as a manager, would you fire that corner, like, immediately? Immediately, immediately. Uh, uh, when, when I when I sign a fighter, Sergio, I don't sign the trainer. I sign the fighter. Okay, right? Uh, excuse me, let me get that. Let me, let me repeat that. I sign the fighter, and I sign the trainer, okay? The reason I do that is the fighter, okay, is under my management, under my management control, and not under the trainer's control, okay? The trainer will do exactly what I ask him to do, which is get the fighter in shape, uh, be monitored at every stage, okay, right? But if he doesn't do his job, then he has to be replaced, okay? So when I, have, I don't buy into this fighter-trainer relationship and, you know, he makes me feel good or the other one makes him feel good, okay? What, how good did they make that fighter feel yesterday in that corner eh? after the fight, sir? Did that fighter feel good after? Yeah. He ended up going to the no, emer- no. to the emergency uh, to the to the uh, A and E, didn't he? That's where he ended up. You know what I'm saying? No. Yeah, yeah, Mike. He was. I'm telling you, Mike. Those are the type of beatings that sometimes fighters never recover, and it's a shame because he's young. You know. So. Exactly. Hope. Yeah. Hopefully that won't be the case. But yeah, I I was extremely upset. Um, like I tell you, Mike, at least three rounds. That boy took three rounds of hellacious beating, you know, uh, for no reason at all. But so you, he cannot, didn't have the pop- you cannot allow that to happen, Sergio. There has to be some kind of intervention, okay? Somebody that is a professional that sees what it, what is right and what is wrong. Because it's black, white, yes and no. It's either taking a beating or he's not, okay, right? In that case yesterday, he was taking a hellacious beating. That's the correct terminology. Hellacious, okay, right? So why didn't somebody in that corner, okay, use some common sense and stop the fight? Why did the referee not stop the fight, okay? There's, there's, there's a lot yeah. of questions that need to be answered. And these questions that we're talking about now have been, um, uh, these have been asked for generations that this nonsense is taking place you know what I mean and nobody's doing anything about it oh they you know no you're absolutely right Mike so hopefully you know Vasquez uh, recovers from this Mike it was just it was horrible but yeah. moving on now Mike to, to the main event of the second part of the of the card which was Jamel Charlo um, he defeated uh, Jer- uh, Rosario Jason Rosario it was an eighth round TKO Mike um this fight was very, very interesting. Um, so the first round, Rosario comes out. He gets, he goes down. He didn't look seriously hurt or anything. He looked kind of like a slip slash punch. You know, after that, um, second through fifth round, Mike, um, 
uh, Rosario uh, started coming on. He was landing some hellacious shots. Don't get me wrong. Uh, uh, Jamal had had his moments too. It was a good, good, very good tactical fight. But in my opinion, Rosario was was had the momentum uh, from the second to the fifth round. He was landing some hard body shots. He was doing good work also upstairs. Good combinations, good power, everything. It was a close fight. And then um, he went down, Mike. I believe it was in the sixth round. He got caught, and it was big, you know, big. Uh, Jermel showed some real power also, very patient, and showed some real power, um, took took Rosario down. And after that, Mike, you know, Rosario just didn't look the same. Um, his punches didn't have, you know, they were, he wasn't shooting straight punches. As a matter of fact, Al Bernstein, who was uh, part of the crew that was working the fights for a Showtime pay-per-view last night, he mentioned that Rosario's right hand seemed to have a strange loop that wasn't there before, you know, and he just, he didn't look like he had his feet completely under him or anything. When the eighth round, he gets a double jab from Jamel, the first one towards like the chest chin area, and then the second one to, to the body, which hit him in the, in the solar plexus, and a Rosario, Mike, went down convulsing. He looked honestly like he was having a seizure. Um, and it was it was the strangest thing. I'm not saying, I mean, yeah, body shots are brutal. We talked about the Taylor one. Uh, solar plex is not fun at all. You know, when you get hit there, it looks, it looks like he, his uh, the wind got completely knocked out of him, Mike. But it was just very, very strange. You've been around a long time, Mike. You've seen a lot. Um is this, you know, when somebody, when a guy gets concussed horribly, you know, which is what happened to Rosario in the sixth, you know, to a uh, brutal punch to the head, it could this have been a, a delayed reaction from that, a combination of everything, or what do you think about this fight? Um, I think that the headshot that he took probably damaged his equilibrium, okay, right? And um, it, it, he, he, he never got his foot in right after that surgery, okay? He, he kind of like fell apart, didn't he, to some degree, yeah? And then yes. Charlo saw that this guy wasn't hitting him with any conviction, and Charlo just just opened up on the guy, you know? And and Charlo realised that he hurt him, and um, then when he came out for the for the next round, and he and and he was throwing those looping shots. You know, the guy was just off. I mean, he, 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 it was apparent he, had, he hadn't recovered from that from that uh, headshot. Okay, then the then the the rest of the uh, the writing was on the wall with what took place with the body shots and everything. And so, you know, I mean, uh, props, pro, big props to Charlo because it, I actually he quite impressed me as well. Because if you remember last week, I actually picked Rosario, didn't I, to win that fight? You know, because I yes, I, I yes, thought, you did. I thought Rosario. Had a lot more, a lot more to. Um, um, what is it? Um, he was on his way up. Okay, right. But you know, it, it, it just goes to show you, you get hit with the right shot, then you know he didn't know he didn't know where he was. So uh, big, uh, big respect to um, to Charlo, who I think now, okay, with Charlo, I think he should move to 160. Charlo, me, Sergio, think about yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. Think about that now, Sergio, because his brother, okay, he's gonna, he's gonna, you know, uh, chase the big fights and move up to another weight if he doesn't get the big fights. Okay, right. So um, it's inevitable that 
that they that he moves up to 160, isn't it, Sergio? Yeah, that's your bill. Yeah, 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 Mike. Now I don't know if you agree with me or not. Although Jamal, I would definitely say go after uh, Canelo. I would not with Jamal. I w I would focus no, on Golovkin no. at 160. Yeah, no, but yeah. He, but he won't I land that. He won't land that fight with uh, with. Um, uh, with Canelo Surge, that Canelo. probably never happened with it with yeah. uh, with with Jamel. No way. You know what I mean? Yeah, but but you can yeah, but you can see Canelo's brain trust going after Jamel first. You know, um, because I think I think uh, as e even though they're twins, Jamal's a much bigger natural guy. Um, Canelo, I think, would have every advantage against Jamel. I wouldn't say I'm not saying it wouldn't be an easy fight. I just don't think that. That Jamal had any has any chance to beat Canelo. No Jamal, I think, yeah, I think Jamal is a different story. I think that's a much more competitive fight. I mean, this is no disrespect to Mel. Mel's a great fighter, also, and he showed it yesterday. I'm just saying, I think that Golovkin is also a good fight for Mel. I think it's a winnable fight for him, and it's a good money grab. So, uh, now, Mike, I, I, let I, I, me. I think so. It's just a last note. I think that. I think that. You're right, Canelo would probably go for for Mel, okay, because he knows he could win that fight. I think I think he'll be a live wire for a few rounds, okay, Mel. But, you know, Canelo I'll just get to him and just take him out, Sergio. You know, it'll it will be it will be a similar fight, Serge, I would say, to how Kov uh, the Kovalev fight was, you know? That's how I see that yeah. fight with Mel, okay? But yeah, you know, I, th I think that they would probably take the fight because of the money that's on the table. Okay, right. But really, he shouldn't take that fight. But obviously, the carrot would be too big, and then there would be like a big revenge match, or you know, like the Klitschko's used to do. Yes. Whereas Vitaly used to come back and beat all the guys that beat Vladimir. It would be a similar situation like that. You know what I mean? Where the the big the big Charlo will come back to get revenge. For the little child, you know, you yeah. About that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, Mike, and you know, I hadn't even thought about that, but that that would be genius, and you could make those two fights in in one year, and talk yeah. about making huge money. Huge, you know? Yeah, huge. no, you're right. Huge. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Now, now, Mike, I'm going to throw out a name here for both Charlos at 160, not because I want to see the fight, but because everybody keeps throwing out this guy's name, um, and I'm talking about Andre. Uh, Boo Boo, whatever I can't remember his first name right now. Um, Dimitri, Dimitri, yeah. yeah, he's got a great name. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Mike. Well, let me let me tell you, Mike. Um, nothing against Dimitri Andre. He's got amateur pedigree. He's not without skills. But Jesus, you know, I would rather have my eyes sprayed with like jalapeno and habanero juice constantly than watch him fight. You know, he's one of these guys that's as you like to say, Mike, he empties arenas instead of filling them. But how do you see this guy against either Charlo? And is it a fight that you think would capture people's, you know, attention? Uh, against against Mole, he's going to run, okay? Because okay. He, he doesn't engage Sergio, okay? And they say that he can punch. He probably can punch a little bit, okay? But... Um, I see him running. I see him running. I don't see him uh, standing there and engaging and, and wanting to hold on to his titles and 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 win the fight. You know, um, um, 
I, I, I just see him running there. So that's the first thing that comes to my mind with Mole. With Mel, okay, I see him getting a little bit more confident because the guy's moving up a weight, okay, right? Uh, but I think that he, will, he would underestimate Mel because Mel is a lot better fighter than what Demetrius would actually thinks that he is, you know? But the only problem that, you've, that Mel would have with... Uh, with Andrade, is that Andrade is like, he's like a, he's like an octopus surgeon, he's all hands, legs, you know, all over the place, you know, so, so, I think it yeah. would be, I think it would be like a, 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 a really, a real like, mauling fight of holding and clinching for 10, 12 rounds, you know what I mean, sir, you know, that's what I think, that would be with Mill. Absolutely. But with, 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 with Moll, okay, right, because he knows the strength, the power, the jab, okay, right? How would he be able to hold that guy off? I don't see it, Sergio. I see, I see him running, and then I see him um, getting uh, cornered at some, you know, probably seven, eight rounds after taking a hellacious beating. You know what I mean, sir? Because that boy, that boy Moll, is going to come after his ass big time, isn't he? You know what I mean? You know, head and body jab. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that guy doesn't have the power to hold him off or the strength. The physical strength, you know? Yeah, and, and no disrespect to, to uh, Demetrius. I'm just saying I, I, I don't want to see those fights. Anyway. Well, um, well, well so Demetrius, Demetrius, he's been a professional since 2009, okay, right? And he's taken a lot of time off. He's had, you know, promotional, you know, issues, etc. Okay, so he hasn't really established himself as, a marquee guy in 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 any t at any time that he was a, a world champion, has he? So no. So when is it going to happen for this guy? It's never going to happen, is it? You know what I mean? That's that's the bottom line, you know. Yeah, and he's a weird guy, Mike. I remember we met him a few times, and yeah. he's you know he's a strange guy. But yeah. anyway, uh, now moving on, Mike here. Um, from boxing because I'm not going to call this boxing, but I have to bring it up. Um, as uh, I, I sent you the announcement, it appears that Conor McGregor, who is no longer neither an MMA fighter apparently or a boxer, please do not say anyone out there that he is now a boxer. He is not a boxer, but apparently him and Manny, you know, Pacquiao, Manny, I owe the IRS a ton of money, so I need to make a lot. Pacquiao um, are going to mix it up soon you know it 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 appears that dana white was saying that he had some fun you know stuff coming up for connor and i guess here's the fun you know yay so it looks like we're going to have another you know one of those complete and excuse my language here mike because we don't like to cuss on this uh podcast but a complete shit show as mayweather mcgregor well now it looks like it's going to be mayweather pacquiao so mike I mean, I understand you as a manager, as a business person. I mean, you want to get as much as you can for whoever you're representing. So I'm sure as a manager, you would take this fight, you know, if you're in McGregor's camp or Pacquiao's camp because it's probably going to be a big payday. But as a person that, you know, has been involved in boxing and respects boxing, um, you know, how do you feel about this fight, first off? And then secondly... How, I, I don't, I mean, again, unless Manny Pacquiao goes in there with two broken arms, two broken legs, 
you know, and, and was stabbed right before the fight. I still see him winning, but, I mean, how do you see this, well, I'm not even going to call it a fight, uh, and how do you see this spectacle um, going off? Okay, I'm going to give you uh, various scenarios that I have to look at at this. First, I'm going to start as a fight fan, okay? As a fight fan, okay. I believe that Pacquiao is always trying to do the same thing that Mayweather does after Mayweather does it, okay, right? And it's kind of like it's a bit redundant, isn't it, to tell you the truth, right, okay? Right, so that's, yep. that's point number one. Point number two, okay, is Manny Pacquiao is no longer a marquee draw. So this, as a manager, will probably be the biggest payday that he could probably command. And you'd have to, you, you have to do it, okay? Because if he fights the, the, the Spences and the rest of the guys that are up there, okay, he's got to be second fiddle to these guys, okay? So he's not going to be able to to get paid, you know, uh, the payments that he was getting, you know, in the, uh, in the Marquez and Mayweather days and so forth and so forth, right, okay? So, all that, that those days are long gone, Sergio, for this guy, okay? So, he's, he's in the twilight of his career, okay? It's a safe fight. He's, he, he's not going to make a hundred million <laughs> or more like that, like, he, like Mayweather did, because it's just not going to happen, is it, Sergio, okay? Unless... Unless, yeah. unless there's a there's a big epiphany somewhere or a big thunderbolt that changes the demographic of the whole world and they want to see this, okay? But for some reason, I don't think so. You know what I mean? Yeah? Okay? So Yeah, and Connor's definitely the money guy in this one. Oh, yeah. Unlike the other where Mayweather, yeah, unlike where Mayweather was the money guy, Connor's actually the the money here. So, you're right. Yeah, so so as, as a manager, he has to do this fight due to his... Uh, his discrepancies in, you know, the money that he owes and so forth, you know, but on the other side of it, he's always playing second fiddle to Mayweather, isn't he, okay, so, or the third scenario is he beats McGregor and ma tries to get Mayweather to come out of retirement to fight him, okay, that may be the other yep. scenario, okay, so I think that uh, a Mayweather-Pacquiao 2 I think with the with the with the lack of the of of uh, of uh, what should I say the excitement now and the charisma in boxing because there is a bit of a lack of it now. Okay, I think that would generate you know some interest. Okay, in the the build up of the fight and so forth if they had a good a good undercard on there. You know, but I think that might be might. that might be the other reason why they're doing it. Try and get uh, maybe okay. the back in the ring with them. You know what I mean, sir? You know? That's that's what I think, and I'll tell you this, Mike. It doesn't bode well for McGregor. Not that it ever did, but Mayweather carried McGregor, yeah. you yeah. know, uh, for several rounds. Now, in my opinion, if Manny wants to make a case to bring Mayweather out, he's going to go looking to take Connor's head off to show, look, it took you nine rounds. You know, it took me, you know, three minutes or six minutes or nine minutes you know, to terminate this guy, you know, so um, it doesn't go well for Connor because I don't think Manny's going to have an incentive to carry him like Mayweather did. Well, I don't so. think he can, Sergio. He's a flyweight, really. You can't forget this guy came up from flyweight, Sergio. So he, he, yeah. he's not going to be able to go in there and just, you know, 
not this guy into the fifth row, is he? You know what I mean? You know, uh, uh, McGregor is 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 a, is a strong guy, he's, he, and he's, and they're not going to fight at you know 147 pounds, are they, sir? McGregor can't make that weight. No. Nope. So that nope, means, nope. that means Pacquiao's got to come up in weight, okay? And so he's going to be slow. He's going to be sluggish. You know, he's not going to he's, he's not going to be able to to do the things that he's accustomed to doing, okay? I think I think that it's going to be a horrible fight. I do. You know what I mean? I really do. You know? No, no, I I agree with you, Mike. I just think that Pacquiao's going to blitz McGregor because again he wants yeah. to he wants to I show do. that yeah yeah and and uh, I just and and this goes the same thing if you put you can put the great you can put Maul Charlo in with McGregor in a cage match and Maul doesn't stand a chance you know right. just because McGregor that's his yeah and it's the same thing with Pacquiao I don't think Connor stands a chance you know just because. Pacquiao's been doing this for a long time. He is a good fighter. He's an old fighter, but he still has some skills, Mike. And Connor's not a boxer. You know, that's that's not who he is. That's not who he's ever going to be. You know, um, so unless something just incredibly shocking happens, I just, I don't, I don't, it's good for their bottom lines, money-wise. It's just, to me, it, it makes no, it's just a shit show, as I said. But, okay, you know, okay, we'll so you're, you're picking Pacquiao, and I'm going to pick McGregor, okay? How about that? <laughs> All right, that I mean that works, Mike. Let me put it to you this way: it I don't even care exactly, if Manny Pacquiao exactly. would lose this Who fight. Cares? You know? Who cares, Sergio? Yeah. Who cares? You know what I mean? These, yeah. these guys are just ripping off the general public in not too few words. But I said, like I said, yeah. as a manager, okay, I've got to take care of my fighter and myself. So yeah, it's the right fight. Of course. It's the right fight. It's the right move. It's it's easy money. You know what I mean? So let's do it, okay? But you know, who really cares about that nonsense? You know what I mean? It's just pure nonsense, isn't it? You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, and it it sucks that we have to talk about it. And we're gonna have to talk about it again, but <laughs> it is what it is, Mike. <laughs> That's what it is, but I'm not going to call it a boxing match. I'm not going to call it a fight. I'm just going to call it a spectacle. That's yeah, it. Think, that's I the rule. I think that's I think that's the right the right terminology. It, it is a spectacle. It is, you know. Actually, shit show is the right terminology, <laughs> but we're trying not to cuss. So. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. Okay, so yeah, all right, we'll, call it, we'll, we'll, we'll call it an SS. Okay. Yes, there you go. The SS spectacle. Actually, three S's. Yeah, three. Spectacle shit show. <laughs> yeah. So there you go, man. Yeah. So, but anyway, Mike, well, that's a wrap for another episode here. Um, great time, man, talking again, Mike. Really enjoying this yeah, so far. Always. And for all of you that listen, yeah, for all of you that listen out there, thank you very much again. We appreciate it. Uh, we keep coming at you. We, a lot of experience here, a lot of great information. We hope you're enjoying it. And we're just going to keep getting better and better. So for Mike Michael, I'm Sergio Martinez. And signing off here for Combat Planet Podcast.